This is the Property Solopreneur Podcast, and I'm Rachel Troughton. I'll be talking about everything you need to create wealth by building your portfolio in a sustainable and profitable way. I'll be sharing the realities of a property investing business. I'll talk bricks and mortar, buy to let, HMOs, flipping and planning game, as that's what we all enjoy doing. But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Property Solopreneur. I'm going to be talking today about something that you may think is incredibly obvious. And that is the key to successful property investment is finding the right property. I know, couldn't be more obvious, could it? But actually, it isn't. It isn't when you start because you think, do I go near to where I live or do I go far away? Because you hear all the time about people who invest a long way from their home. How do I find all these properties that they tell me I can buy when there doesn't need to be very much to buy? It's a seller's market. And how do I make myself that go-to investor? every estate agent is going to ring. Well, you see, what I'm talking about here is that day-to-day bit of property sourcing, which is personal, the personal bit that you put into all of this. And because of that, I'm going to bust two property myths about deal sourcing. And the first is you do not need to have a golden area. There's no such thing. Well, it depends entirely on what your property technique is that you're focusing on, because we don't scattergun. Well, not the successful people don't scattergun. You know, time is money. So you shouldn't be just going, here's a house, what can I do with it? You should be actually working out what you need to find and then looking for those properties. And that's where what we're talking about today really comes in. And this is where reality, i.e. real life, has got to trump those property courses rules that you may have attended. For a very simple reason, that when you go on a course or you talk to people, your property peak friends, they can only talk about what is real to them. Now, one guru I know has every kind of investment property there is in their portfolio, and it's all within half an hour of their home. Fantastic. They must be living in what some people would call a goldmine area. But yet another guru I know who is incredibly well respected actually runs courses on how to find a goldmine area. So clearly they don't invest locally. Now, those are two very successful and extremely well respected investors at the top of their game, and both are completely right. But again, they've invested what they want to and where they want to. It may not be right for you. Now, I'm going to declare an interest here because I have three portfolios. I'm not stuck in one place, although I do cluster. When I find somewhere fabulous to invest, I buy lots of them. So I've got one in the south, which is great for equity, one in the Midlands, Stoke-on-Trent, which is great for cash flow and yield, and one that's near to my home here in Suffolk, which is all about forever homes for renters i.e. bought out, bought and then let out to someone who's going to be there until they leave in their box. Now, by the way, I really strongly believe that this last thing is a subcategory of buy to let. It's a very specific rental market, but let's leave that for another day. So if you're finding yourself slightly confused because the group you learn with or hang out with are advocating something that feels odd to you, park that mind monkey, you know, doesn't have to apply to you. It's your money, your investment your plan. So take all the how-to bits of the learning and the chatter and adapt it to you. That's what's going to make it work. Now, this may go against what your personal favourite guru advocates. That's fine. 
You do not need to follow their advice 100% of the time. As I say, it's up to you, your business. But you will need to use all those nuggets and how-to information because they will be spot on. Those sorts of things do not change. It's just, you know, the moment that you're working in that changes and you've got to be adaptable. Now, unless you're very, very new to this, you will have your long-term strategy in place. So you're going to know what type of properties you're actually wanting to buy. And that in turn will dictate where you can work. Oh, and incidentally, those of you who are in London, Edinburgh, that kind of place, you've got price considerations. But, you know, this is property. So if that is the problem, then you've got to just find the cash in another way. Bit of rabbit hole here, but and I'm not going to go into it. But don't forget, there's always a solution in property. You may not like it, but it's there. So what and why are you buying? Well, number one, can what you want be found in your area? So simple. If it isn't, you're going to have to go elsewhere. You know, is it in the price range? Is your technique going to work? Now, I will use myself as an example. Serviced accommodation, I love. I think it really works well, fantastic for cash flow, and a lot of my clients do it really successfully. But I can't do it locally to here. I'm in the middle of nowhere. To me, locally, holiday lets work. But if I want to do service accommodation, I'd have to go 40 miles away. Not a problem because there's a port there. I've got a nuclear plant near me. I've got a big distribution um, hub all 40 miles away. To me, that's fine. I'll go to that goldmine, so to speak, area to do those techniques. But if I want to work close to home, I'm just going to have to go, yes, buy to let, small HMOs, because my local town's got a railway that luckily is on the London to Norwich line, and flips work. So you've got to drill down as to what can be done locally. So is it the price or the customer base that is stopping you? Because if you're doing property, then everything falls into those two types, doesn't it? So note to self here, no customer equals no to that type of property in your local area. So you move area. Not enough money or move area or make more money to buy locally. Do you see, not everything has to happen all at once in the same place. And I also think the biggest remembrance point here for all of us is that whatever decision you make today, it's not going to have to be long term. Now, as I said, I buy in Stoke-on-Trent. I've actually sold some of my earlier buildings because they were mortgage free. They had been great cash flow. But I want to bring more of them towards me because, and I don't think I'm going to be surprising any of you here when I say I've got more of my life behind me than I have before because other, you know, that's just the way of the world. So I want to bring more of my properties nearer to me so I don't have to do as much traveling. But don't forget, I've been doing this for over 20 years and that was not my attitude when I started. When I started, I went to Stoke-on-Trent for a set reason and achieved what I wanted to do. So don't worry about thinking you're creating a set in stone rule for yourself. No, change it when you want to. And the second myth, very simple, is deal sourcing is just a process. All you have to do is follow the spreadsheets to success. Well, to me, spreadsheets are just there for the number crunching of the deal. And it does, does depend on where we are in the property cycle as to which of those charts you can use. Because property markets aren't static. They're affected by the money markets, the general economy, the interest rates and inflation, and bonuses from the treasuries, such as stamp duty holidays, or complete changes to the tax system, like when they brought in the stamp duty for investors. So you know, things change, and this will all have a bearing on how you work. And so therefore, the thing that you can change, the thing that isn't affected by anything else, is you. Property is a people business. And it's particularly true of sourcing. Now, the person bit of property sourcing can be totally overlooked when there are lots of properties to buy and, it, you know, you can't go wrong. 
But when we're in a property part of the cycle when there isn't much to buy, it's actually very difficult to get a viewing. As for talking to an agent, it's a nightmare. Then your personality is going to matter a phenomenal amount. You will become your best friend or your worst enemy. It's up to you. Now, again, go back to what you might have learned. The mantra, it's a numbers game, is true if you're scaling fast or if you've got staff. Because if it's just you, and we're all property solopreneurs here, it doesn't matter what the marketplace is doing. You really cannot hope to get through 100 calls a week and work if you're working full time. You can't do all those calls and find investors or all those calls and monitor lots of bills. Do you see, it's not the calls per se that are the problem. It's all the add-ons. So spreadsheets and sitting down at your desk have got their place, but use them widely. I only use three main estate agents, not including the auctions, and gosh, aren't auctions fun, when I had my sourcing business. Well, why I did that was because I quickly learned by filling in my spreadsheets at the beginning that the deals were coming in from three sources. Now, what does that matter? Well, go back to your business principles. Remember, this is a business, not a hobby. Well, it can be, but you know, we're making money out of this. So we, even if it is, use business principles. That old friend of ours, the 80-20 rule. Now, those 20% of the agents on my list were bringing in 80% of my deals. No brainer. Bin the rest. Didn't need to talk, talk to them. Didn't need to ring them up. Why? Well, do you know, they, they got me. They understood how to get houses sold and they could and would speak to their vendors because don't forget, they speak, they work for the vendor. They understood the fact that I would be able to produce speed in my buying process. And they also understood that a sale at a reduced price is better than no sale at all. I was a known quantity to them. I'd passed all the tests of money laundering, etc. And they knew that I'd passed again and again. So why not work with me? It's much easier. Of course, the other agencies did have properties that I wanted, but you know they were fairly unimpressed with my assertions that I could work fast or that I wanted discount. They just weren't as used to working with investors. So I used them sparingly and only when I absolutely needed to. So if you've identified that you have got agents that you can work with and you know your biggest asset is you, now, the gurus will be telling you to ring and ring on set days and when to do it. But I just went, no, I'm going into the branch. OK, this is a seller's market. Well, it was when I started, very much so. I'm actually going to go and meet them. Now, this is not a long conversation. You know, Don't worry about this because you may realise you're going to have to do this because you've rung through to the number that's advertised and you've not got through to the branch. You've probably got through to the concierge team. And that's a fabulous name, isn't it? You know, I got that name yesterday. I, I don't know what I called them before, really. But I got that call centre, I suppose. I got that name yesterday when I called through to one of the biggest chains of estate agents in Stoke. Did I get through to the actual office? No, I didn't. Well, do you know why? Because I, I did push. You know, I wanted to. I, I was up there. I wasn't going to be taking no for an answer. I'm a property investor. But the answer I got back was very simple. People in branch were too busy escorting viewings and talking to the people who were doing walk-ins. I'm now on that spreadsheet. Fat lot of good it's going to do me, but I'm on a spreadsheet. Well, that's not going to get me the property or basically anything that I want to do. So eyeballs and handshakes, getting physical to a degree. That allowed estate agents to see my credentials straight away. I've made the effort. I've gone into the branch. 
it meant that I could actually see what they looked like. They saw what I looked like. They could hear me and speak with me. I could leave information with them. I always went everywhere with all my bits of paper so I could prove that I was ready to go. I became memorable. I'm a real person. Now, if you've got someone in front of you who you know is going to be just what you're looking for and you don't want to spend hours on the phone and they happen to walk in, you don't want that person to get lost in the concierge system. So the agent might give you their mobile number or their direct branch number. Now, you're not going to get that unless you actually walk into the branch. But most importantly in this whole thing is I've created a network within that branch and I'm taken seriously because I know I need to get boots on the ground. I need to dominate that ground by making sure the agents I want to work with know that I'm 100% in for this. I'm serious. I'm not just another wannabe investor who thinks they know it all. And, you know, you don't have to go far to see the people who have been on a course and think they know everything. Now, that's fine. We are all for confidence and we're all for being new. But invest the estate agents can spot them a mile off. And if I've walked in to the agency and I've, I have bought from them before, I always, always tell them how marvellous that purchase was and how easy it was and everything else. I don't chest bump. I don't need to. In this kind of fast market, ego needs to be parked. I worked out very early on that the sort of persona that got me the furthest was the one of the lucky professional amateur, if you get my thrift. You know, I'm not a professional. The estate agent is the professional. I don't need to tell them how much money I make out of this. I just love doing this and I'm lucky because I always get it right. It makes for a very easy conversation and a very easy relationship. And they know that I'm going to get the job done fast and efficiently, but they also know I'm not a shark. I don't need to get 100% of the profit out there and make their life difficult, or I'm going to be a, a know-it-all diva. And you can spot them as they walk through the door. So think, try that phrase, lucky professional amateur, no matter how many millions you've got in the bank, it does make a difference. All sounds a bit of an effort, doesn't it? Well, do you know, it depends entirely on where you are in the process. Doing all that car parking and walking to the offices one after the other, yeah, that is a faff. And I don't know about you, but it's always raining when I do something like that. And you, know, you think to yourself, I could be doing something better with my time. I know. But do you know, the point of the property market is what's going to dictate to you how you do it. And if you've got to spend a little time walking to a office here and there once a week, do it because it will be so beneficial for you. Because when you see the numbers in the bank after a flip sale or you've done a remortgage, all that personal effort's completely forgotten. All you can do is think, gosh, that was worth it. It's a bit like having children, really, isn't it? You know, and you go on to do it again and again, all that walking around in the rain and walking in and just saying hi. Because literally, trust me, these conversations when you walk into an estate agent, it's all over in five minutes, if that, hi and bye. And you think, oh, I've just spent 20 minutes driving there doesn't matter. You're still there. You know, they can see you're making the effort and they know you're still wanting to buy. So I would sum up sourcing in a crowded marketplace is perfectly possible and you can get some cracking deals, but you've got to be clear on what you're doing and why. And if you need clarity, come and work with me on a strategy day. Go to my website or drop me an email, rachel at racheltroughton.com. And don't forget, I'm one of those girls who, call, who spells Rachel A-E-L. And let's talk through how we can walk together. Now, remember, even if this is a side hustle for you, it's a way of parking money out of the banks in a fabulous fun investment portfolio. 
you can have a lot of fun doing that. It's still a business. There are still rules and regulations to attend to, even if it is that hobby. So make the most of what you're going to do with your money. And your strategies are to get total clarity on what you want to do and how you and not others are going to do it. But we all, whatever we're doing, have to bin those myths. Turn off those shouty mind monkeys. Where you buy is up to you. There is no right and there is no wrong. It depends entirely on the type of building and property you want to work with and the type of income you want. Some people are very happy to have a low income, but just have the asset nearby. So don't worry about it. And bin that second myth. Deal sourcing is just a system or a process. No, it's not. Remember, that's just the number crunching bit of it. It's you that makes the difference, your personality, your get up and go, your willingness to engage face to face and to network in branch to make you become the go to person because they know you and like you and trust you. Your ability to forge a relationship with the agent will put you head and shoulders above those who just pick up a phone. You know, if you think about it logically, when you've got some good news, you pick up the phone and ring your friends. Well, let the agent ring you in the same way. This is a professional friendship at work. So finding the right property at the right place at the right price is absolutely critical to succeeding in property investing. Anyone, trust me, and I've seen it happen, anyone can buy a property in the wrong place at the wrong price. But if you get it right and you adapt your style to the marketplace you're operating in, you are going to be a very successful and profitable property solopreneur. Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.